Family from the Heart podcast episode number 143. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. And welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. We're here each and every week to give you a behind-the-scenes look as things are happening here in the Ravenscraft household and also behind closed doors of the GSPN.TV World Headquarters studios and business practices and all that other good stuff. (laughs) You lost me. I know. I lost me too. Okay. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And uh, Stephanie, uh, what you got going on over there? Looking at a, looks like you're looking at something different than you didn't have last week. I did. Did you didn't have it? I? No. no, it came. Monday. It came since. Yeah, I was using yours last week. Yes, you were. Um, yeah, I have my very own Kindle. Check me out. <laughs> Your very own Kindle. Why is this? Um, didn't I explain it last week? I don't know. Maybe you did. Maybe it was on full time. I don't know. They all run together. Um. Okay. So I have been. I had been much anticipating the release of the book Reshaping It All by um, Candace Cameron um, Bure, mm-hmm. and um, who was DJ Tanner on Full House. Um, just really excited about reading this book, about the message that it had, and um, headed to the bookstore um, to purchase it because I had a gift card. And I went to this particular store because I had a gift card, I normally would have never gone to the bookstore. And um, they were out and they weren't going to have any for a week or two. And I was deflated because now I had this gift card and no book. And it was just a very sad moment for me. And you said, do they have it for the Kindle? Can you get it on the Kindle? And I said, yeah, I think so. She said, um, and anyway, uh, you connected to the Wi-Fi, did a quick search, found it, bought it for me. And, um, well, I tried reading on the Kindle first. Yeah, you, um, we, we had you try to read something I, to I see if it would work. I did a test run. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I liked it. So you bought the book on there. Um, neither one of us are very good at sharing. So, yeah, not a lesson I learned. You'd think with all my siblings, I would have learned sharing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, so anyway, you ended up purchasing my own Kindle for me. And, and what do you um, think about it so far? I really like it. Really? I do. I really love love it. Um, and I, I mean, I was yesterday. I think was the first time that I got to read my Kindle. It was the first time that I had to sit down and read mine, the one that came in the mail for me, and. Um, And so that was kind of fun and exciting, but it was really no different than when I was reading yours. But this morning I woke up and um, sat down to do my quiet alone time with God. And I opened my Kindle and I read the Bible Mm -hmm. and then I went and I read my book and they were in the same place on the same device. And it was really cool. It is, isn't it? It was cool. Yeah, it, it, I liked it. So It has very much helped me in my quiet times in the morning as well. I have uh, woken up and the very first thing that I do is, is I read from the Bible and and um, and then I, I and then I usually do the same. I usually either go to another book of inspiration that I'm reading or or I'll go to my journal or I'll come down and record a podcast or or do something after after that quiet time and it, and it has been uh, very beneficial. But I'm glad to know that it's something that is beneficial to you that you that it is something that is uh yeah i'm 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 enjoying it um well i read a lot before yeah also um so it's it's not like it got me into reading kind of like it did for you i mean right. you were an audiobook kind of guy before you got your kindle right um but i've always loved to read and actually the one thing that held me off on getting a Kindle, I mean, you've offered to get me one several times since you purchased yours. And I'm like, eh, I like the paper, you know, the smell of the book, the, you know, I'm an old fashioned book reader. And, um, so that was one thing that, that held me off for as long as I did, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, 
And then you got me this cool lifty, nifty little case, which I heard you talking about on your Business Tech Weekly with, with Andy. You guys were talking about your case, weren't you? Yes, we were. And um, and with the case, it actually feels like I'm holding a book. So that's just a, an added little, you know, gift that God gave me. It feels like I'm holding a book. Right. And uh, I haven't used the light yet, but I know you like it a lot. Light is very so, nice. Um. But I'm really, really enjoying it. And um, right now, right now I'm really struggling in myself with, I love this book and I want to sit down and finish it. But God is working on me in boundaries and prioritizing my time and using my time well. And even though it is a fantastic, inspirational book about motivation and and, um, it would not be in obedience with what God is teaching me to sit in a corner and read this book and let everything else go undone. So I'm, I'm really having some inner struggle right now with really wanting to read, but yeah, being obedient to my calling as well. So. I definitely know exactly what you mean about God, def, you know, leading, you know, laying things on your heart and being obedient to that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's been, a, it's been a good first part of the year for us. Um, both of us have been doing pretty well of, getting up early in the morning, uh, having our quiet time. And, you know, there was a little bit of adjustment. I think we talked a little bit about that last week, but, uh, you know, and well, and and I, it's funny that you're bringing it up because in full-time mom, I, I talked about how I'm struggling this week because, um, last week was so fantastic. And this week obstacles have been thrown in my way. And some of those obstacles I've dealt with well and others I haven't. Um, which honestly, I think is what my, blog post for tomorrow might be about <laughs> I, I love what you just said so um wow anyway, a second blog post coming from stephanie you heard it here first you asked for them weekly so I, i'm working on it but uh but i'm really loving um i know you looked mardell hasn't changed the thing yet not right? yet no okay. we'll have to so, i have to i'll tell you what i'll email uh, i could email daryl right because um i love this what I love about this book is that it is motivational for weight loss, but it is more centered on um, firmly planting yourself in God's will for your life and um, and how that will make a miraculous um, significance in your maybe miraculous significance isn't really, but it will make um, such a significance in in your weight loss efforts. And, um, but it, it, it is truly about being mindful of Christ in all parts of your life, not just in your weight loss. So very cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful, um, you know, that you are enjoying the Kindle. I'm thankful that you, you're enjoying the, the, the book reshaping it all, which by the way, we will get on the Mardell site. Um, I just emailed Daryl finally. Okay. I thought that he was in the chat room and he had heard it last week, but obviously it, it, he was. Well, things can slip. Well, the, well I mean, no, I the, drop things all the time. Well, no, the thing is, is that sometimes he's he's logged into the chat room, but he's but out he's of he's not, of he's away office. from his okay. office. So so I mean, it's it's definitely he didn't confirm. He's like, yeah, I right. see that, and yeah, I'll do that. Right. So he didn't drop the ball or anything. That's that's totally me, my fault for not following up with Daryl. So. Um, I, I, I did just send him an email, so we will get that on the featured site, which by the way, let me just go ahead and say it. Cause we have a very long interview. We do. The, Stephanie and I do not have to do very much work today. Right. We did our work. I do want to talk about this book a little yeah, bit more, but go do. ahead. No, go ahead. Say what you want to say. Okay. I just want to say thank you to Mardell.com. M A R D E L.com slash G S P N. Uh, go over there, check out our featured books. And, and Stephanie's going to talk about a little bit more about this book that will be featured on the site. And um, just make sure that you use promo code GSPN in the shopping cart. You'll get 10% off and it's a great way to thank them for sponsoring this show. All right, Stephanie, tell us a little bit more about what you're, what okay. you've been inspired by in this book. Well, um, th- th- this may be my favorite chapter that I have read yet because um, for women, our, our looks and what we see, the reflection that we see in the mirror can totally map out our day, our week, our month, our lives. Okay. And, um, what I learned at 220 pounds was number one, I had to want it for myself. Um, number two, I had to love who I was at 220 pounds before I could love who I am at 158. 
148. How much do I weigh? I don't know. I have no idea. I know you've, <laughs> so, you've lost, what, 72 pounds? 70, so 220 minus 72 is that, that's 48, right? One, um, 148. Uh, but I had to love who I was then before I could love who I am now. Otherwise, that really, the only change that would have been made is in my physical appearance. And um, so chapter six is um, called Dressed in Designer Jeans, but jeans is G-E-N-E-S. Okay. Okay. So I thought she was going to talk, like looking at the title, I thought it was going to be about her parents, about, you know, hereditary, blah, blah, blah. But it's not. It's about our Heavenly Father and the jeans that we get from him. And if I can, I just want to read this one little part because I love the way, I love the way she worded this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, clothes, makeup, hair, weight, and wardrobe. Let's keep it all in perspective. It's fun to look pretty and to feel good while doing it. But I often remind myself that this outer shell is simply an envelope for my spirit. The contents are precious, eternal, and costly, bought with a price. And the envelope has been fashioned by its world's by the world's greatest designer, the creator himself. We're each God's one-of-a-kind design, and there isn't a single person in this world that's a match. And I I love that 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 okay, my outer shell, my envelope has made quite a transformation in the last two and a half, three years, however long it took me to, you know, to do it. And, um, but I am one of a kind and it has nothing to do with the outside. It has to do with, with my spirit. And she talks about, you know, there are things that, you know, all women never like about themselves. You know, I don't like my thighs or my arms are jiggly, which mine are and my son points out often. But um, that that's me, not her. <laughs> but we are fearfully and wonderfully made by a creator who loves us just the way we are. And we need to learn to love ourselves just the way we are. And only then can we become something more than right. what we want. Anyway. I'm just totally inspired by this book. That is awesome. I'm very excited that 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 you are being inspired. Very cool. It's very cool. All right, so Stephanie, since in the interview you didn't do a whole lot of talking, I didn't. Why don't you introduce what's what we're going to be playing next? By the way, it's 43 minutes, so go ahead and tell them okay. a little bit about what we're going to play. So on Monday, Cliff and I sat down and had a chat with Dan Miller about the cruise that we're going to be going on in February. Um, why is it in February? What, you know, why is it over Valentine's day? Are you crazy to have a, a do a cruise in a recession or what are you thinking, man? And, um, and so it was really started out to number one, we'd like to invite people to go on this cruise with us and wanted to, um, to get more information out there about that and and share what it is and and all. but um, it ended up turning into so much more it really and that's why it's 43 minutes long um, I found out for I think the first time that um, Dan and his wife homeschooled two of their children and so we talked a little bit about that and how learning is not necessarily sitting in a desk you know um, learning what's on the board but but can, I mean, just encompass so many things. And he shared like some of the phenomenal things that his children are doing with their lives right now. And, and it, it's, it's amazing. Um, and I mean, we talked about absolutely so much more than just the cruise, but, um, but so, so here it is that this is our sit down with, um, with Dan Miller. <laughs> All right, so we have Dan Miller on the line with us now, Stephanie. Well, Dan, welcome to Family from the Heart. Thank you. I am so excited. Uh, you know, everybody who listens to a gspn.tv podcast, probably at one point or another, if they've been listening for any amount of time, they've heard me mention your name. You've been such a inspiration to to myself and uh, and our entire family over here, and many of most every GSPN.TV Plus member and and community member out there has benefited from the inspiration that I've gotten from your books and and your podcast and everything else. So again, this is a great pleasure and honor to have you on the show. 
Well, thanks, Cliff. I appreciate that. I mean, one of my greatest pleasures in life is just hearing from people like you who, through something I said or wrote, you got a little extra inspiration to go ahead and turn their dreams into reality. And you're certainly a, a clear example of having done that. So congratulations on that. And I'm delighted to be talking with you today. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what, today, the the main topic of um, having you on the show, although there could be a ton of topics that we could bring you on our show and talk about, and maybe we'll even get off to a couple tangent conversations, but let's start things off with the cruise. You know, what's the idea of going on a cruise in a recession? <laughs> You're sounding like some of my readers. They're like, what are you thinking, Miller, promoting a cruise when some of us are struggling to put food on the table? You know, and I certainly, this is not in any way to, you know, flaunt or brag or it's not that. But there, Joanna and I discovered years ago the power and the special things that happen on a cruise. I mean, the ability to relax and enjoy friendship and fellowship with other people. I mean, we, we, I mean the Bible talks about breaking bread together. And when you spend five or six or seven days with, with people together under the same roof, so to speak, you develop strength of a relationship that's hard to duplicate, even in a traditional seminar. So we believe in this. We've been doing this for years. So it wasn't like things were tough for everybody and we decided we're going to now start doing cruises as a luxurious kind of thing to do. It really is a very economical way to take a little break. When you compare you know, traveling and paying hotels and eating out at restaurants and all that, it's a very efficient way to do it. And we think that the power of the cruise experience combined then with important life-giving knowledge-based seminars is just incomparable. So we're looking forward to it. This is uh, one of many that we've done, but the No More Mondays cruise that's coming up over Valentine's Day here in February is going to be a wonderful time of just sharing, learning new uh, new friendships, creating new friendships with people, but uh, we'll do some tours together learn together and come back refreshed, revived, and ready to make 2011 the best year ever. Absolutely. Now, I know that um, one of the things that Stephanie and I did a couple years ago is we attended our very first ever Weekend to Remember Marriage Conference from the Family Life uh, Organization. And we got away for that weekend. And one of the things that I remember doing is is uh, we it was here in Cincinnati, which is about 15, 25 minutes away from our home. And I recall it was at this very nice hotel downtown, you know, one of those nice places where you'd have to spend a couple hundred dollars to spend the night there. And it was the entire weekend. And I recall saying, you know what, we'll save save some money. We'll stay at home and we'll drive down to this conference, you know, in the morning Uh and and stuff like that. And I'll tell you what, it became extremely clear to me that first day after the, actually, it was probably the first session. It's like, you know what, why am I afraid to invest in my marriage? I mean, how how stingy am I that I'm willing to, you know, and I look at all the gadgets, the technology, and all these other little trinkets that I buy throughout the year, and here it is, you know, a couple hundred dollars. Can I not spend that on my marriage to to benefit my marriage? And that, remember, Stephanie, we yeah. that very first day, I'm like, okay, forget it. We're finding a hotel, and of course, we could not find a hotel anywhere downtown, so we ended up, I said, you know what? I, I don't care. This is, a, this is the principle of the matter. I feel I must invest in our marriage and I know that our home is just right down the road. We ended up staying at a hotel in a suite in a hotel that's five miles from our home. <laughs> but I, I commend you on doing that because of what you just described to take a break from the daily routine, to take a break from being, having the children right underfoot. I mean, there's something that, you know, I I make no apologies about the expenses that I have for books. And I talk about that a lot. I read voraciously. There are a lot of things that I don't do. You know, people say, well, geez, you know, every time you turn around, you've got a package coming in from Amazon. And I, I do. But then I see the things they're doing. You know, they have a Rolex watch and they have the latest technology and they're driving a, a leased Lexus and some of the things that they do. And I think, you got to be kidding me. You know, you're putting money into things that have no long-term significance at all. I just simply redefine what I think is important. So I think even on, on a cruise or a marriage retreat, as you're talking about, I think we can do that. It's not a luxury 
It's something, if you consider it to be an important part of your development, and I'm not talking about just rationalizing again something, you know, something strange and exotic here, but I mean, Joanne and I do this in other ways. I mean, we get massages every Friday and people, you know, roll their eyes and they go, gee, you know, you must be rich and have no cares in the world. We do that because we have found it to be an important part of our health maintenance, so we don't view it as a luxury. We view it as part of our health cost. And that's exactly how I frame it in terms of business expenses. So cruises, in as much as, yes, it's a wonderful, wonderful time. And it really is. I mean, it is excellence in so many different levels. But the bottom line is, I think it's worth the time and money just because of what it can do for my own business development. And also, my, I might add, for my marriage relationship, the side benefit of that is there as well. I noticed that um, the on the conf- or on the ship, there are going to be three days at seas, and you're going to have um, you're going to have several speakers. And and by the way, I'm very honored to be one of those speakers. But I, I saw that there's going to be some other t- uh, speakers on the ship. I, I know um, Pastor David Foster and his wife are going to be on the ship, and and I know yes. you and Joanne are going to talk. And you guys are going to. I mean, this isn't necessarily a marriage retreat retreat, but in a way, it is going to be something that is very much going to. I think people will walk away with some of those same benefits. They're just, it's impossible to separate out one area of our life from the others. You know, we can't talk about, that's why in all the years of career coaching that I've done, I always look at career as the last component of what that person considers to be success in their life. So I want to know what does success look like for you physically, spiritually, personal development, financially, you know, socially, those other areas First, then we come back to career being a reflection of the success that you say you want to have in those other areas. I just don't see it working any other way. So I think they're inseparable. So we're going to have, I mean, Dr. Wes Connor is going to be there and he's going to be talking about some health things that I think can help all of us. And I don't want it to be just generic where we just cover everything under the sun, but these things all relate to the success that we're trying to attain in our work or business as well. So yeah, we're going to have Dr. David and Paul Foster there. Um, they are pastors of a, of a big church here, but their expertise is, you know, how do you juggle the demands of marriage, family, and work and do it all really, really well? Uh, Joanne and I, because it is, it just happens to be over Valentine's Day. We thought that was delightful when we saw the opportunity to make it overlap Valentine's Day. But because of that, sure, we're going to do some fun things together and spend the first long afternoon at sea on Monday, February the 14th, doing some things that relate to Valentine's Day. But then we've got people like Joel Bogus, one of our lead career coaches, going to be talking about how to embrace our unique behavioral differences, our personality styles, and how to utilize that uh, to our benefit. Uh, Pierce Mars, who's doing some of the coordinating for the cruise itself, but Pierce's expertise is selling. You know, sometimes people say, well, I'm not a salesman. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know any relationship. I mean, I don't know any uh, sales skills. And I'm thinking, selling is not just a business technique. Mm-hmm. It's a life principle. We all sell. If somebody's going to be effective as a mommy or a school teacher or a pastor or whatever it happens to be, we are selling every day. And so I want him to share some things just to help us all be more comfortable and how to do it, not in a manipulative kind of way at all, not the old blue suede shoe car salesman, but how can we use selling to garner enthusiasm for the ideas that we have and to rally around other people's ideas. I mean, that's all a process of selling. So we're going to cover some topics that all relate back to, you know, what are your goals this year? How can you accomplish those and do it with class? Well, I'd say you've you've pretty much answered this question or at least uh, spoken to the statement. But I think what people, I want people to understand by hearing all the things that you're saying when it comes to this cruise, we're not looking to just cruise with business people or entrepreneurs. I mean, literally anybody who can make it, uh, you know, in their schedule and in their within their budgeted means that that pretty much no matter where you are in your station in life, it sounds to me like all the topics and the the benefits of just getting out of your day to day routine, getting out of your normal um, environment 
to think differently, to, to get outside of that and to experience uh, the inspiration of a bunch of other people who are creative thinkers, who are who are motivated and, and stuff like that. I think everybody, no matter where you work or what you do for a living, it sounds to me like uh, they can benefit from this. I really believe that. And again, this is not just a sales pitch for the cruise, but I encourage people all the time, do something that breaks the normal routine. Drive a different way home from work than what you normally do. Read a book that you would normally not pick up. I mean, if you take a shower every day of your life, take a bath, put some candles around there, go for a walk in the woods with a three-year-old. Any of those things (laughs) will expose you to, what do you think, Stephanie? I I think that... The, the walk in the woods with a three-year-old is, is probably not my choice of, uh, of an out-of-the-ordinary event. <laughs> but I'll tell you, if you haven't done that in a while, it'll expose you to things that Absolutely. you've missed. Absolutely. Things that you don't see. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I do. Um, t- t- this, this afternoon, I was um, carrying McKenna around the house, which I rarely ever do. She's five and a half, and she nearly... I mean, really shouldn't be carried anymore. And uh, and I looked at Cliff and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore in like a year from now. And so just to, to know that, that my time of seeing things at that level is, is almost over. And so, I mean, I, I understand. I, I totally understand. You know, I just thought it was funny. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, those, those kind of things, and it certainly cruises as an example of that, but just something that breaks the routine of what you do daily. Now, if you're a, a mommy with little kids, then certainly that example may not be out of the ordinary. But for me, as an old guy, golly, I savor <laughs> those times to have a little granddaughter take my hand and walk me through and and just see the world in a different way. And, I, and the cruise is really going to do that. My goodness. I mean, our first port is going to be San Juan, Puerto Rico. It's a majestic old town that's been there forever. So it's not just the touristy things that some of the stops on cruises are, but it has rich history. I look for people to talk to, you know, that have lived there all their lives. And look, talk to them about what they're doing in business. You know, how have you taken an idea and put legs on it? But I, I mean, I'm inspired by people like that, that I meet all around the world. And we're going to have an opportunity to do a lot of that on the cruise. Well, I don't know if we've told you about this, Dan, or not. But, uh, you know, Stephanie and I were discussing f- amongst ourselves. It's like, man, you know, this this is a great opportunity. And then, of course, we had some, you know, ex- unexpected unexpected. Uh, financial things come up with dental things for our daughter, actually for both of our daughters. Uh, you know, lo- lots of expenses came out of just nowhere. And um, so we, we were wondering for just a little bit, it's like, oh, should we go on this cruise? Should we both go on this cruise? And, and stuff like that. And then, of course, um, through through a lot of uh, prayer and discussion and stuff like that, it's like, you know what? We there, There's no way we cannot, n- we, there's no way we shouldn't go on this cruise. In fact, you know what, we're just going to trust that that this is the right thing to do because we feel it so powerful that we need to get out, we need to experience this as a husband and wife. But we're, we're crazy, and I, and I don't know if we told you this yet, Dan, and, and I don't know if you're going to kick us out or not. You don't but, know if you told him that you're crazy? No, no, he knows that. <laughs> but but uh, we, we decided that this isn't just going to be an investment in our, in our marriage uh, because, you know, for the last three years, um, of doing this business, you know, I, I've worked really hard and I'm actually trying to get to the place where I'm, you know, I'm working more reasonable hours and things of that nature. But uh, one of the things that Stephanie and I felt like is not only should we take this this sacrifice and this, this you know, pouring into ourselves, but we're actually bringing our three kids along with us. Are you really? Yeah. yeah you are. You are crazy. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if we'll be sitting. We probably won't be sitting at the same dinner table with Dan. Uh, but, <laughs> but yes, we are bringing our three kids along as well. And the cool thing about the cruise, what I found out is that they have these uh, day camps there. And they break the kids down into various different ages and, and you, you can drop them off in the morning, pick them up later. You can, you know, you can deposit or withdraw them at any time from this program and stuff like that. So there, that's going to be good to have as, as, as well. But I'm looking forward to this as, as, a, as a family. One of the things that I know about you is uh, you, you actually homeschooled one or, or several or all of your children. We homeschooled two of the three. Okay. Yes. The first one, 
got all the way through before we realized uh, how much regular education ruined his desire for learning. Mm -hmm. And when we recognized that, we decided we were going to take a different path with the remaining two younger ones. Well, Stephanie and I have always talked about... Um, I'd really love to sit down and talk to you about that more. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We've talked about the cruise enough. I, I, I think the benefits of the cruise we've talked about. If they want more information, go to gspn.tv slash cruise. Dan, do you mind if... Since we have you here, I mean, you, you're you such a valuable resource Since we have you. <laughs> no, that's fine. Stephanie, Pick my brain. Well, you know, change the gears for us. Tell no, us really, what you want to know. Um, you know, there... In deciding to take the kids with us, there there was they're going to be out of school for seven or eight school days because um, because we're not just crazy enough to take them with us. We're driving to Florida. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and so we we had to you know get approval from the school and for for them to miss that many days and um. But w- which we which we um. It, it was approved. They're, they're, you know, they'll be excused absences, but they're each going to have to give a report to their class about the things that they learned while they were gone. And, Wonderful. you know, and so, you know, you were talking about going to San Juan and the history. And, and I, I'm really excited that we are going to get to, to dive into that, but not only because, you know, it's where we're going and, and it's, but because, you know, they have to now. And um, we've often, often talked about homeschooling and it was it was our initial decision we were um decided before megan entered preschool that that's what we wanted to do but um it became clear to us that at that point in her life being in school was the right the right decision for her but um several several times along the way we've decided you know okay this is still working you know we could try homeschooling but right now this is still working so why not just keep going with it because it's what we know. But right now our son who's nine is um, really starting to struggle with the standard structured um, way that they're teaching. And and it's not that we have, I mean, we have fantastic teachers. I, I love the teachers that we, that we've had up to this point. It's just the, the way that the, the state is, is you know, mandating that they have to learn that we're having a problem with. And so, yeah, I think it's time to start thinking about what are we really going to do with him going forward? And I think, I think you're wise to do that. And I don't think there's a cookie cutter answer for everybody. And as much as we chose to do that, I'm not an advocate that says everybody needs to do that. I think everybody's situation is different and the children are different too. But we had a, a child, our middle child, who it became increasingly clear that he was the class clown because not because he's a natural comedian but because he had extreme difficulty learning in the way that they expect children to learn Uh, he was diagnosed as add adhd bipolar and all kinds of wonderful terms Uh, we know our kid well and we just simply understood and through uh, some testing discovered that his method of learning was different than just sitting in a chair under the bright fluorescent lights. So allowing him to come home, allowing him to cover the walls in his room with dark paper, we realized was not because he was into some kind of gothic uh, trend, but because it changed the light so dramatically where he really could, his brain process differently. So without the bright fluorescent lights, which have a flicker effect for him, he was able to read very well and to learn and understand. And then I did things like, uh, I bought a 1968 Carmen Ghia, Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. And we worked on that for two years where we redid all the electrical in it. We pulled the engine and rebuilt the engine. We pulled all the glass out, put new rubber on all the glass, new carpet. We sanded painted it ourselves, all of those things. Now, those were all legitimate parts of his academic program because of how we structured it. So who's to say that that doesn't have more value than learning you know, what the capital of Spain is? So we structured a lot of experiences, but they were able to then to travel with me as I spoke in different places. We visited a Hutterite colony in upstate New York. There are only two in the United States. People live in community where they live in dormitories. 
And the men then work in, work in that particular one in a toy manufacturing business. But it's a totally different t- style of living. Now, before we pulled our kids out, we would have the schools question our being gone for periods of time. And it was always, you know, if we were going to England, if I was going to do a workshop over there and we were going to take the kids with us in the school, you know, it was like, no, absolutely not. You know, they can't have unexcused absences. Like, like, you know, help me understand this. We're going to take our children to England. They're going to visit other cultures. We're going to visit other people, see other traditions, you know, see other architecture. How could that not be 10 times more valuable than you having them sit on a seat in a confined room with you at the front of the room? I mean, it's just ludicrous to think about it, that we're just so steeped in the traditions of what education is all about. When our older son, he, we actually allowed him to leave and go to Fort Collins, Colorado, he was at that point, very experienced as a professional bicycle racer. And we allowed him to go to Fort Collins, Colorado before his official graduation. And the school was just mortified. And then he went on to, he did get his college or his high school diploma, but then he went on to uh, race in Europe. He was raced on the Dutch national team for a couple years. And people knowing that I do have a lot of degrees and have taught at the university level, you know, people thought, my, aren't you concerned, you know, that Kevin is in Europe rather than in college? And I said, well, you know, right now he's too busy getting an education. He may go to college someday. (laughs) And I I really, truly believe that. But I think we have to open our eyes to what education consists of. Right. Stephanie and I completely are on board with it, especially the whole college education thing that we had we had quite a bit of a controversial <laughs> discussion over the course of a couple of weeks about um, you know whether or not you can make it without a college degree and and you know oh my gosh and it's all of this other <laughs> stuff and it's like you've got to be kidding me um, you know there I, one of the things that I've considered is like you know what. There's, I, I'm almost willing to say I'd rather if my kids wanted to uh, travel Europe for a year or two years or something like that, that that, I mean, for the same amount of money that I could put them in college, I could have them travel sa- safely through Europe on whatever. And, and that's going to give them as much experience, if not a great deal bit more uh, to, to help them succeed in life and, and in building relationships and, and stuff of that nature. And of course, we've had some feedback that that was diametrically opposed <laughs> to that way of thinking. But well, one one of our sons, the the second son, who did struggle in school, and we never encouraged him to go to college. He would be a very poor candidate for college. However, you know, he went on, found his passion. He has a real heart for the disadvantaged, what the Bible calls the least of these. He has spent the last five years living in. Rwanda. Uh, They're back in the States right now, but he yesterday spoke at a large church up in New York. He got a standing ovation. Not only does he speak in churches all over the country, but he also speaks in universities. He's spoken at Pepperdine, Columbia, Vanderbilt, Fisk, and lots of others. And he now orchestrates internship programs where these universities send interns over to Africa where they get full college credit (laughs) to work with him to understand social entrepreneurship and microenterprise. When he's back here, he lectures. I mean, he's lectured here at Vanderbilt Graduate School, which seems pretty ironic to me because he he could never be admitted to the school, but they bring him in on a teaching basis because of his experience and what he's been able to accomplish. So the stories are endless, obviously. Bill Gates and others who drop out of school. But uh, we have to really, as parents, are challenged to take a fresh look at what does educating our children mean? And sometimes it may not involve a piece of paper to hang in the wall. Yeah. And and not only that, but it, 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 is, the, it is the lifelong process of lo- loving to learn. Absolutely. It is. I mean, I have kind of a... A cute story myself. I mean, I have my a traditional bachelor's degree, a traditional master's degree, and then I started my doctoral work in religion and society after I had had my master's degree for quite a few years, but it was through Oxford, so it was an innovative program, and I would go back and forth to England as part of that academic program. Loved the process. Completed my entire coursework. Every single course completed. 
stellar grades, the whole thing. Then I met with my dissertation committee, these four old guys who outlined what I was going to have to do for my dissertation. And having been through that, of course, at a master's level, I had a pretty clear understanding of what was involved. I said, okay, so as I understand that I need to spend the next year and a half of my life creating a document that nobody in the world is ever going to read except the four of you. Because when you create a doctoral dissertation, it's not meant for average reading. With all the footnotes, it has to be written in a scholarly fashion, not something that the average person is going to read. I said, so I can either spend a year and a half doing that, doing the work to get another piece of paper that you guys will give me to hang on the wall, or I could perhaps take that same amount of time and research and write a book that would make me a million dollars. Well, they were mortified that I framed it like that, but you can guess the rest of the story. That's exactly what I did, and it turned out to be just exactly what I expected it to be. That's when I wrote 48 Days to the Work You Love. So I have completed my doctoral work, but I do not have my doctorate. Right. Uh, it, it would be, in that case, it would have been, rather than a PhD, it would have been a DPhil, which is the English or Germanic germina- uh, termination for that degree. So I completed all the, all the coursework, every bit of it. And I love the process, but I got what I wanted. I loved the learning process. It helped me structure my learning and research and all of that. And I didn't see completing the dissertation as, as having valid value. So I redirected the efforts of that to something that I thought would have benefit for a lot of people. And it turned out that that exactly was the case. Absolutely. Well, I, it, I, I've, I've heard that story before. And in fact, I think it was just on this week's episode of uh, the 48 Days uh, radio show. So Was it? Did I mention that? Yeah. Okay. No, I, and I love that story. And I'm so glad our audience got to hear that. And in fact, in fact folks, if you haven't done this already, I know you know all about podcasting. You should go over to 48days.com and click under, uh, I think it's let Get Connected or something like that. It listen. Be, it's just listen. It's under 48. Listen. 48days.com slash listen takes people right there. There you go. And and go and subscribe to Dan's podcast. I happen to know his podcast producer uh, pretty well. So, it, Thank you for what you do on that week after week. I'm, it, it's an honor to be able to be a part of what you're doing. So I, it, I thank you for the honor of let me do that. And uh, but anyway, go go check out that podcast. You know, I would love to shift the conversation to one more complete focus because I do know there are a lot of people who became intensely interested in GSPN.TV right around December to or no September two thousand seven. <laughs> and Stephanie knows what I'm talking about, right? I think so. And that was, of course, only one thing that could be. Yeah, that was the time when I made the decision that I was I was absolutely miserable in my life sucking career as an insurance agent. Soul sucking. Soul sucking. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, And and I'll tell you what, it deflated me so much to the point where I was, you know, I had I had found and uncovered this true passion for sharing our lives online through podcasting, building a community of people that was growing and, and, and fulfilling a sense of purpose and meaning in my life like nothing else had. And at the same time, I was experiencing all of that. I literally was miserable because I didn't want to get up in the morning and I couldn't wait to go to bed at night because I was stuck in this, what I consider to be a dead-end career, although I was making a ton of money and I was guaranteed, a, you know, as much as a person could be guaranteed, although I was in a family-run agency, insurance agency since, uh, which was in the family since 1935, I was supposed to be, ta- I would have probably been taking it over right about now with a guaranteed mid-six-figure mid income. But that was a dead-end job to me because I was miserable and I couldn't do it anymore. So the thing is, is there became a lot of people intensely interested in our story as they heard that I was giving all of that up and I gave myself 90 days to transition into making podcasting my full-time career. And there were there were a lot of people who thought I was crazy. And I think that the 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 reason why people were interested because there was two there are two types of people. There are the people who well, actually I think it's one person. But everybody enjoys two different things. Number one, everybody loves an inspirational story of success. Somebody they, they like to be inspired by seeing others succeed and then hopefully duplicating some of the principles and values. Or 
worst case scenario, it's no time lost because, you know, every have you ever seen a car accident and you slow down to turn around and take a look? Everybody loves a, a train wreck, right? <laughs> that is true. So so that's why a lot of people uh, became interested in who we are. And there's still a lot of people who are listening to this show simply because week after week, they want to hear what's the latest going on in the lives of this couple, in the lives of this family of five, where the mom's a stay-at-home mom and dad is a guy who used to make a very, very comfortable income and dropped it all completely to pursue his passion. And so I have no doubt, Dan, that there are people listening to this podcast right now that are miserable in their day jobs and they're listening to this and they see our story and they're like, man, I'm so inspired, but I could never do that. What would you say to somebody like that? God, you know, I, I'm looking at an email in front of me. I just talked to this gentleman, but an email came in and my staff said, you know what? You probably ought to field this one. He says, I'm at the end of my rope. You hear that all the time, but I pray this is received with the understanding of that which it was sent. My family deserves better and I don't know where to turn. Listen to this sentence. I am a bottle floating in the ocean waiting for the waves to pull me down for the last time. Uh, anyway, poor guy. Now that's pretty desperate, obviously. There are a lot of people who have a clear sense of what they really want to do. They just aren't sure they could put legs on that. That's why in this last two years, with us being in a downturn, recession, depression, whatever you want to call it, a whole lot of people got a wake-up call. Losing a job was not the end of the world. It was just enough incentive for them to wake up their dormant dreams, and they decided, I really can do something with this. You know, the old adage, you know, good is the enemy of the best, is really true. A lot of times, just having mediocre success works to our detriment. And sometimes I, when I work with people, I told a lady engineer one time, she was really well paid and she could not bring herself to make the transition. I said, you know, the best thing could happen to you is if you got fired. Well, she was mortified that I would actually say that like that. Two weeks later, the company announced they were closing the offices in Louisville and moving everything to Lexington. Now, you know, so it wasn't the company going out of business, but it in, in effect did exactly what I had said would be a great thing for her. It forced her at that point to then have to act on her dream, which she did. I guess that's what concerns me. So many people have taken enough time. They have cleaned, seen the, the clear patterns in their life to let them know what their passions are. They do know what their strongest talents are, but there's somehow... There's just enough of real life hanging on that they think is security and predictability, and they hang on to that illusion and give up you know, their real dreams. And this isn't some just going off on a cakewalk. It's, it's like you did, where you formalize, what would that look like? What would have to happen in 90 days for me to duplicate my current income? But then putting some real action behind that and walking it out. Now, now, we're not calling everybody to be an entrepreneur. And I had that conversation this morning on another interview. There's no way. I mean, I love it. I am one from the tip of my head to the bottom of my toes. But I, I don't think that that fits everybody. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what it means for everybody. Somebody else's dream may look different than yours, Cliff, or, or mine. But it's still, it ought to be, it ought to give them at the end of the day that sense of fulfillment, meaning, and purpose where they really do feel like I did something worthwhile. I really lived out the essence of who I am. I did work today that makes my heart sing. Yeah, And I think that ought to be true for everybody, even though the application of that is going to look much different for every individual. The the one thing, that, and I absolutely agree with you, and, and it's one of the things I love about your message to people is that this is, you know, 48 days to the work you love, there, that was the greatest source of inspiration for me to think about work in a different way. Um, that, you know, my, my thinking of work before I read that book was that, you know, I can't get paid to create podcasts. I'm going to have to do something else uh, that I hate, you know, because there was something else that a lot of people hate anyway, because why would anybody pay you to do something that you love to do? You, you get paid because people because you hate it and, it and it's hard and it's work and it's wow. And, and that's that was my opinion of work prior to reading your book. I mean, I, I, I felt like I got paid well because 
I hated my job well. <laughs> I, oh, wow. I, 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 I felt like the, the more I hated my job, the more I should be paid you know that, to do that, it. Well, that, that's a really deep-seated myth. You know, our, our whole approach to work and careers is to help people defend against problems. So if you get a job or have a career, you know, then the implicit assumption is that this is a way you're going to defend against hunger and poverty or ridicule and so on. But that's a, that's a really a backward approach to what work is all about. It's not to defend ourselves against something. If we have that approach, then if we have no problems, we should have no work. They just go hand in hand. But again, if you really approach it in, in helping people create their life's work, it's an expression and the lack thereof is going to leave them feeling empty. Yeah. It's not just that we work so that we don't end up in poverty. It's we work because it's an integral part of who we are. That's why when people really do figure out meaningful work, the idea of retirement just kind of disappears in the background. Retirement, retirement by definition implies as soon as I can quit doing a stinking job and do something I really enjoy. Well, what a novel concept. What if you figured that out earlier in life than when you're 60 or 70 years old? But if you do, then the idea of retirement loses its appeal. You continue doing what you enjoy doing. And for many people today, it has very little to do with finances. They've met their financial goals. They don't need to create any more wealth. But work has other benefits aside from just creating income. Mm -hmm. And it's really kind of an interesting tipping point to see people reach that, where all of a sudden they realize, my gosh, I don't need to work to create income anymore. But look at the people who, who then retire and try to fish or play golf, you know, seven days a week. I mean, 60 days later, a lot of them have some kind of physical malady. They can't take it. And they're screaming for something to give them a reason to get up in the morning. Well, we got to make that transition more gentle. But if you figure out meaningful work, you know, a whole lot of things line up in your life. Well, I'll tell you what, folks, if, if any of that resonates with you at all, you should read 48 Days to the Work You Love. It transformed my mind. In fact, if you want to grab the book and you want to join me three years ago as I was reading it chapter by chapter by chapter, I would read a chapter or two and then I would record an entire podcast about how it's transforming my mind as I was reading the book. And you can all find that at gspn.tv slash 48 hyphen days. That is gspn.tv, the number four, the number eight, a dash, D-A-Y-S. And the entire series of podcast episodes I read while I was reading that book is there. And I've gone back and listened to that. And I am, <laughs> I, I remember reading, uh, listening to that um, a, a while ago. I was re-listening to it a, a, quite some time ago. And I remember in one of the episodes, I was wondering if anybody would ever really pay me $50 an hour for podcast consulting. It's like, who's going to ever pay me $50 an hour? And today my rate's $150 an hour, and I'm actually thinking that I need to increase it. <laughs> you know, I had almost forgotten about the incident you just told about there. And that was back before you and I had ever met. I mean, we didn't know each other. You had simply picked up the book and read it. Yeah. It was quite a bit of time after that before we were actually connected. Well, that's that's an interesting story because I heard about you through Dave Ramsey and and we were we had just finished the process of getting becoming debt free minus our mortgage. Um and Dave Ramsey on his show was talking about, you know, this guy named Dan Miller all the time and giving this book away for free and I'm like 48 days to the work you love. It's like whoever it's like people would ask that that crazy question that I thought was just so stupid. If you you know, if money were no object, what would you do? It's like money's always going to be an object. Shut up. That's such a stupid question. And the other one was and I heard this one actually from you and 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 you you said it in a different way. It's like yeah, if you know, if money were no, how'd you frame it? The the find something you were, love to do so much that you'd be willing to do it all day long for free, then mm -hmm. to become so excellent at doing that that people would be willing to pay you to do it. Mm -hmm. And when I heard a quote from your book or from you on your podcast, it's like, okay, I am going to go get that book and I'm going to read it. And yes, this was this was years ago. It was, it was at least two years before you and I met, and mm -hmm. uh, meeting you. 
actually became a dream of my, it was like a dream of mine. It was one of those goals. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I don't have sports heroes or movie star heroes or singer heroes or anything like that. But I, I, you know, I was reading the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And one of the things it says is like, you, you should set goals for yourself. And, and you know, whatever those goals are, you, you should, you know, once you believe they're possible, then, then you make it a goal and you put plans in place. You, you, you find ways to make whatever it is happen. And one of my goals was to meet and interview Dan Miller for my podcast. And I talked about it on Pursuing a Balanced Life, one of my other shows. And within two weeks, you were on as you were a guest on the podcast Answer Man show. <laughs> and within 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 two months, you were a client. Huh. And now, I, now just like I, a five year old meeting Mickey Mouse. It was. Oh, it, it was golly. It was, it was quite something it, to happen in our house. It was. Well, I'm honored. Golly, I I am very approachable. Uh, still, I hope that I never uh, pass beyond that in any way. I know it. It's uh, humbling sometimes to recognize, you know, how much people have been impacted by things that I've written or said, and I consider that the highest honor. But to then be able to be involved in those people's actual lives uh, goes even beyond that. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm so thankful to consider you now today as, as a personal friend, and, and I appreciate this opportunity. And I know we could, we could go on forever okay. and, and, and stuff, So, um, but we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Dan, um, I appreciate you and, and all that you do uh, to inspire so many people. I encourage people to go out and check out your site, 48days.com. Um, check out your online community at 48days.net. And of course, to get your book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, and also another book, No More Mondays. And of course, if people want to, they can come join us on the cruise, right? That's right. Absolutely. You know, it, it's going to be a, a marvelous time. I and mean, Joanne and I always start these off recognizing that if nobody else comes, we're going to enjoy it anyway. We like going on cruises. And if nobody comes, it's not going to diminish our enjoyment. But boy, when we see people start raising their hands and saying, you know what? I want to join you on that. It's it's just really exciting. So we're going to have a wonderful group. You and others sharing your wisdom is going to add to the richness of the food and scenery and water and sights and all that that we're going to experience as well. It's going to be awesome. Dan, thank you very much. I really appreciate you. Hey, my pleasure, Stephanie and Cliff. Glad to be with you. Awesome. Look forward to meeting you in February. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, my friends, there you go. The entire 43-minute interview with one of my heroes, Dan Miller. And uh, Stephanie, I'll tell you, I'm excited because... Uh, just as he said, you know, if we, if it was just you and I going on this cruise with the kids and, you know, hanging out with Dan Miller and some of the other wonderful people that we will be hanging out with, it would be cool. Right, you know? right. But it's not going to be just us. No, it's not. Connie and Sheila from ConnieAndSheilaTalk.com. There it is. Some of my, fi- what? Well, I talked about Connie and Sheila were going with us on Full Time Mom, but I didn't know the the. Oh, the website yeah, address. Website address. So Folks, I said, listen to Family from the Heart because I'm sure we'll say it there. They, I'll tell you what, they're some of my favorite clients. Just their their attitude and their personality. They're just so cool. Go to Connie and Sheila, S H E I L A, talk.com. Check out their podcast. And uh, they're coming to the cruise. I know. It's awesome. It's awesome. If you want to come on the cruise with us, you can do that as well. Go to gspn.tv slash cruise for more information. Of course, we want to say once again, thank you to Mardell.com. M-A-R-D-E-L.com slash gspn. I do have it on good authority that the uh, Reshaping It All book that Stephanie's talking about at the uh, beginning of the episode will be listed as a featured item on there. And again, uh, just make sure you use promo code GSPN in the shopping cart. It says thank you to them for sponsoring this show on a week-by-week basis. And folks, you definitely want to come back next week and hear... What will be the biggest? We, we're going to make an announcement about a decision that we're about to make. Oh, okay. It'll be you lost me for a minute. We're we're actually considering the biggest decision that we've made since me leaving my career in insurance. Yeah. And if you want to know what that is ahead of time, you can. All you need to do is go over to pursuingabalancedlife.com and check out episode number four hundred eighty-six. Right. All right. Or 
you can just wait until next week and we'll be announcing one of the biggest decisions we've made since me leaving my career in insurance so that'll be next week stephanie anything else no all right i i I didn't just mark off family from the heart for my to-do list. I did my mending, so I marked three other things off my to-do list. I'm so excited. That is awesome. I love... That was kind of cool to be able to be on autopilot. Yeah. I got to hang out with DG and, and all the other wonderful folks in the chat room. And congratulations to DG and Tiffany Hollams. Absolutely. Who have, I'm uh, so excited for them. Adopted their child. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little girl is beautiful. And hey... Check them out over, is it adoption.holums.com? Are there pictures now? Yes. Oh, I, oh wait, oh wait, I'm not no, sure. Are there? I know that if you follow him on Twitter, Argon52. Yeah. But I've missed. He says the, yes. Oh, okay. So I need to go back today. Adoption.holums.com. Awesome. And go to familyfromtheheart.com and episode 143. I'll put links there as well. Anyway, we'll catch you all next week. Until then, join the, the community. community.